Hello and welcome to Build Back Better, another weekly conversation from us here at For the Region. As you know, every week we speak to different amazing change makers, projects and initiatives across South West Wales. And today I'm really excited to be talking to Anna Williams. Anna Williams is the project manager for a new Swansea based initiative called Sweet Pickings or Kavitha Coid. Welcome, Anna. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We'll get into talking about this project in a minute, which is a community crowdfunder around apple picking. But before we do that, um, introduce yourself. Um, how have you ended up running this project? And tell us a bit about your background. I grew up in Swansea. I went to Alkva. And then I moved to the US in my early 20s and stayed there for almost 30 years. And I spent the last hmm, 15 years or so um, in San Francisco. Um, and while I was there, I was very much involved with an organization called Martin de Porres, which was essentially like a free restaurant. It was using recycled food um, and food from the food bank to make free meals for people. And that ran five days a week. And that was a very kind of long established project. And it was a very much part of kind of alternative San Francisco. And it was a really like fun thing to do. Um, and when I got back here, I got involved with Matt's. Um, Matt's Cafe because they do something very, very similar. Um, and also when I moved back here, um, I was really surprised. I walked my dog around the neighborhood so I'd get to see like people's gardens and things. And I was so surprised how people didn't pick their apple trees and how they were just like quite happy to let them, um, let the apples fall on the ground. And I, you know, I'd been involved with these projects, I thought like, you know, at least you could call the food bank or something and say, you know, we've got these surplus fruit. But it seemed that people like either didn't know they could do that or didn't have the initiative to do that. And I was just, it really, really did surprise me um, that people were willing to let this food go to waste, uh, especially in like Swansea, there's like a significant food poverty problem. Anyway, um, I read later in the year, that was the end of last year, somebody online saying they wanted to start a project about waste fruit. So I was like really interested and thought, yeah, I'll get involved with this. This is a really good idea. Um, because I had thought, you know, it would be great to have like a map of like fruit that weren't being picked all over the city, and, but I had never like done anything about it. So getting together with other people, it gave me the impetus to start doing some work on it and work with them about pushing this forward. So yeah, that's how it got started. And it was also, you know, it was a contrast of being in California where there are lots of citrus fruit and seeing apples here and thinking, this is so nice to be able to grow apples. I'm like, why, why aren't people using them? It was so... Um. Yeah, I mean, you're right that um, fruit trees are such an asset in our in yeah. our communities, aren't they? And there are a number of projects kicking off, you know, planting new orchards, exactly. which is yes, wonderful to see. Project. Yeah. And then, as you say, the trees just uh, laying laying waste and they're feeding the birds, which is one thing. But um, yeah, great opportunity to try and link some of that up and make that food available to people. So tell us then about the, the project. What's, what's it aiming to do? The project is like really simple. It's to harvest these fruit before they start rotting on the ground, to pick them off the trees and to give them to Fair Share, which is a national organization that has a Welsh branch called Fair Share Cymru. And what Fair Share Cymru does is distribute surplus food 
mostly from supermarkets, also from farmers to food banks and food project, community food projects, so that the food can be the food can be diverted from becoming from being like garden waste to actually being food and to being also a local food because in when it's garden waste it got sent like to Carmarthen to be composted so it saves a lot of kind of it, it reduces the carbon imprint of the apple significantly and it creates like a sustainable local food so the the project is to harvest these these fruit but it's not just an annual project to say that okay this year we're going to pick these surplus fruit it's to create a foundation so that in the future the fruit will be able to pick be able to be picked at minimal cost and this is we're doing two things to set this up we're buying fruit picking equipment that's apples picking poles and some hard hats and we've bought some of this already and it's all living at the two library um, at the environment center so anyone can use it to pick their fruit um, and the other thing we're doing, we're using a free specialized US software called GleanWeb that is used to manage exactly these kinds of projects and integrate all the information together so that once it's set up, and this is what we're crowdfunding for, for the equipment and to set up this database, in, for, in future years, it can be you know, adjusted a bit as we like, learn about more trees, um, some people like want to become involved, other people don't. So we adjusted a bit each year, but in, in essence, the foundation is there from the first year and it can, the project can then be carried on in future years at very little cost because we're hoping that people in the community, and we've got actually a lot of interest in this, will be interested in doing the fruit picking. You know, we can do it ourselves as kind of a, as kind of a volunteer thing. And Fair Share has lots of pickup sites all over Swansea. So they can very easily pick up the fruit and distribute it. So the whole distribution end um, is taken care of by Fair Share. So that's, that's really lucky. Yeah, that's fantastic. A few months ago, we um, hosted a roundtable conversation on this podcast around food waste and yeah. talked about the massive contribution that food waste makes to carbon emissions, you know, to global warming and yeah, what a huge, huge, huge contribution, the footprint of that. So that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, and particularly like a problem in Britain because we import so much food. So we're not just wasting food, we're wasting all those, all the, the costs and the fuel associated with bringing that food to Britain. So it's much more environmentally damaging than it would be to waste food that you grow yourself. Oh, that's a really important point. My kids just love apples. I think we get through about 50 apples a week. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> so I'm really, I've got a personal vested interest in this project. Um, oh, good. Well, you have to pick <laughs> some apples with us because there'll be like tons of apples for volunteers. Most oh, I will definitely do that. And not, you know, not to have to buy apples that are wrapped in plastic, imported exactly. from you know around the world I just think it makes so much sense so you talked about the mapping that's a key part of the activity figuring out where these trees are is that yeah. something that you're asking for people to help with yeah we actually have done we did a lot of outreach earlier in the year and now we've got nearly 80 different sites and at the moment they're on um they're in a, a workbook, like a spreadsheet, so they're not properly mapped out. But this is one thing I think that, the, that GleanWeb will do. We'll be able to distribute them on a map of Swansea so that we can match up volunteers who live, say, in the uplands with 
trees in the uplands so that people aren't, you know, going for going, they aren't coming from the Gower, say, to plug up to go and pick up the um, apples. They're doing it in their area. So that's for any of us that are out and about anywhere in Swansea, then, if we spot fruit yes. trees, make that's sure they get exactly onto the it. database. Yes, we haven't set it up yet, but we've got a Facebook page that you can um, contact us. And it's simply, um, it's Cowboys, if you look up Cowboys Accoid Sweet Pickings, you will find it. So. Tell us about that uh, Cowboys Accoid. It's quite a nice Welsh translation. Oh, yes, I, I found out all kinds of things in this project. Um, and I should say, I'm not the, I say I, I haven't been the only person working on it. Other people have been too. But one of them was that the Welsh government provides free translation services for people in like business or in projects to like, translate things that are going to be in the public. So I contacted them and said, you know, we've got this name sweet picking as we need a translation for it. Because I'd asked people I knew who speak Welsh and they said, well, picking is kind of like, like picking at a spot, picking at your skin or something. It doesn't, it doesn't translate well. So I called them and they called me back and said, yeah, you know, we've got a number of different options for you because there's, there's kind of different things that this could mean sweet pickings. And they gave me a bunch of different ones. And one of the ones they gave me was Kavoyth Akoid. And it actually means, like, I'm learning now, so I don't, didn't know this. It means the, the wealth or the riches of the trees. And I thought that's a much better name because it puts fruit in a kind of larger context of a whole ecosystem rather than thinking sweet pickings because sweet pickings is about the person who collects and it's so it's about it's in the sphere of the individual that the, that place that, that the apple is placed whereas when you think of it as the riches of the trees it's more like you know what the trees give to all of us it's much more of a kind of holistic idea and i just yeah i just loved it i think i think uh, it's really like a lovely a lovely name yeah oh i love that i really love that and um and it speaks to what we all need to recognize isn't it about the value of these trees in our community and Absolutely. their um, their importance and the contribution they can make to you know community the resilience of our communities we, we all felt that during covid we were suddenly much more aware of where our food was coming from and you know those long supply chains and actually we have we have these these foods here in our communities and they go to waste so uh you know let's let's make sure we we capture that wealth and um, distribute it really fantastic project yeah, totally, you, could, you couldn't be more right about that yes to the, and that in Swansea we have this we have this abundance of apples and they're just going to waste and at the same time we've got this yeah we've got we've got this we've got people we've got deprivation and we've got abundance and they're not being matched to kind of solve each other which will not solve but one can be used at least to mitigate the other so. yeah yeah really great so um this project is live on the crowdfunding website at the moment. So for listeners to be aware, Swansea Council um, has a, a crowdfunding partnership with a company called Space Hive. And the Space Hive website lists a number of community projects from across Swansea. And um, those that are successful in engaging with the local community get some match funding from Swansea Council. So I think this project is live on the website and has been successful in securing some match funding from the council is it still open to donations and you're looking for yes. support at the moment 
Yeah, we are totally looking for support. We got, um, I think, just over 4,300 from the council, which was fabulous. Um, our target is about 8,500, and now we're 70% funded. Um, so we just, and we're closing in, I think it's the 16th of June. So we absolutely need people to pledge. Now we're kind of really like aggressively pushing to get it pledged so that um, we can, we can get the pledges that we've gotten so far because once we get this set up like i've said it can sort of it can repeat in future years so we just yeah we really need to we need to get the pledges so making a huge appeal to people to please look at our um, crowdfunding page um, and yeah. there's a contact address on it if you've got any questions you know let us know and we'll be happy to answer them Great, yes. So to echo that really to all our listeners and if you know other people that would be keen to support this fantastic project, please do spread the word and uh, look it up online. Uh, I think if you just type in Sweet Picking Swansea, it comes up, but um, yeah, it's, on, it's on Facebook as well. So please do look it up. Anna, tell us a little bit about your experience of running a crowdfunding campaign. I think it's an option, isn't it, for community projects right across the region to consider whether crowdfunding is the right fit um, as a way forward to get their projects funded. What advice or insight would you share? I have lots of ideas about crowdfunding. I will say, first of all, that, that doing the fundraising for this project as a crowdfunder wasn't my idea. And I think, you know, with hindsight, it wouldn't it wouldn't be my first fundraising strategy of choice, simply because it is so much work. And it 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 may not appear like it's it's not because it's marketed um, often by the platforms that are used to conduct the crowdfunder. They want to present it in the most positive light, which is like fair enough, but it is a huge amount of work. And I would say to people. You know, do a crowdfunder when you've exhausted all your other um, fundraising opportunities because it is so much more work than writing a grant. I know lots of people feel kind of grants are overwhelming because you've got to go through a budget and you've got to go through an explanation for why you want this stuff. You've got to write that same budget up for the crowdfunder. You've got to write narratives about how you will use the money, exactly like you have to do for a grant. But unlike with a grant, you've got to track people down and persuade them to um, pledge to your crowdfunder. And that can be a lot of work. I mean, it, it depends on who you know. I moved to Swansea quite recently. Like I said, I don't have very good networks for getting in touch with people. So I think if I was, uh, if I'd lived here for 20 years and I knew lots and lots of people, I might be saying very different things to you about him. I say, oh yeah, it's wonderful. You know, I just made a few phone calls and it happened, but um, that wasn't the case for me. Um, but it has, so it's it's a huge amount of work. That's one like take home I'd say to people and plan ahead of time, make sure there's a team of you working on it and that you all can rely upon each other to like really pull their weight in doing the work. Because you don't, a lot of projects, someone told me recently, it gets subject to an 80-20 rule. One person does 80% of the work and the other people do 20 and you don't want that to happen to you. So make sure there's a team of you, make sure they like have a reliable history of working so that you know they'll pull their weight on it. And make sure you, you are set up ahead of time with reliable people to pledge. Don't just be optimistic like I was that, oh yeah, people will pledge because this is like, it's like makes sense as a project. No. <laughs> 
Yeah, has it been your experience? I think this has been my experience is that um, lots of people will tell you they think it's a great idea and, you know, and it is a great idea, but there's a big gap between that and then people actually putting their money where their mouth is and pledging. And do you think that it's those personal relationships that actually get the pledges out of people rather than um, just... Was, that's such an interesting question because I would actually say it's not necessarily personal relationships. Sometimes with people, it's a, a lot of the people who've given to the, the crowdfunder are people I don't know. Some of them certainly are people I do know, but there's a whole lot of people I know well who, like you say, they're like, oh yeah, that's such a great idea. Where's your pledge? to ching No, it's not there. So, um, and then people like, I, as part of this project I call, I've been, I'm still in the process of doing it. I called, I, I wrote to counselors about the project a few of them got back to me. One, like Gordon Walker from Kladach, phoned me the next day and said, yes, I'll give you £150 for this. How can I do it? Which was just so lovely. And then Irene Mann wrote back to me and said, yes, I want to be involved with this. So I had this great feedback straight away. And I just assumed, oh, everyone's got this message then. No, because when I like called them up and I didn't hear from most of them, like a few weeks later, they hadn't had it. And it must have gone into lots of people's spam. And so a huge message for me was, if they, don't, if they don't get back to you soon, call them and do not be intimidated about calling your counsellors. I think a lot of this puts people off. They're just ordinary people like you and me. They get paid to deal with our stuff. We pay their, you know, we pay their salary. In Swansea, they get paid a base salary of £33,000 a year. And they're supposed to be, unfortunately for them, accountable to their constituents 24-7. So you know, don't feel bad about getting on the phone. And when I got on the phone with them, none of them said to me, you know, you shouldn't be calling me, email me. That really wasn't the case. They were more than willing to take my calls and they were willing to talk about it. And they, most of them said, look, I'm sorry, I haven't got this. Tell me what it's about. So um, that was really, it was really useful in terms of local government. And some people, yeah, some people I called, they said, they said straight away, I'll give you the money. Like Kelly Roberts from, um, of course, Sinan said, Yes, you can have um, 150, I'll pledge it to you right away. And then yesterday I talked to, what is her name? Linda Tyler Lloyd, who's the counselor for, for um, the males, who was just lovely and said, yes, you can have 200 pounds for this. So it can be very, very unexpected, but also people you think, I think who are in the kind of same network as you doing similar projects can sometimes be less than enthusiastic. I think about really like, sharing your project because they don't want to jeopardize their own funding like somebody said pretty much that to me um which i now i was really like irritated at the time i have to say but now i really appreciate her honesty because lots of people i, I during this period i have to say that um i've never had so many emails unanswered and i think this just this just goes to the the the, the fact that it's just a huge amount of work so, you know, really think about that before you do it and just try everything before you try this because it, it's not, it takes a long period of time. You could often get a grant um, back sooner and it's a lot more work, but it is educational. Like I learned about the ward map of, the ward maps of Swansea. I know about councillors. I know who's on what committee. I know like, who's, who's good to call about this. So that was like great. And some of them were just such, such 
people. I can remember one saying to me, oh, I can't, I think it was Peter Black said to me, oh, you know, I've run out of all my money, but I'm going to post this on a web page and will, you know, people can let you know if they've got apples and fruit. And someone got back to me the same day and said, I've got an apple tree and a big pear tree at the bottom of my garden. If you don't get picked properly, please add them to your list. Yeah, people can support in different ways, can't they? You know, so they can, true. That's yeah. really, really true. So yeah, it's a crowdfunding is kind of mixed bag. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And thank you for sharing your insights on all of that. And it's really interesting to hear kind of the honest story of what goes on behind the scenes of a crowdfunding <laughs> project. It's true that in Swansea and possibly in other counties across our region, I'm not sure, but the councillors have a community budget and they're often looking for ideas of things to support with that community budget. So that's worth people knowing. I appreciate what you said there about not feeling intimidated about making those phone calls and asking for that support and all too often people will help. But also the, um, the heartbreak of unanswered emails and and I know that feeling really well, you know, yeah. running, a, running a not-for-profit community organisation. Sometimes you just wonder why people don't come back to you. And uh, it's hard not to take that personally. I, I really yeah. resonate with a lot of what you've said. Yeah. There's one other thing I'd say that one councillor told me that was really good to know. And it's good to know if your project is not very urgent, but in terms of like very big picture. He said to me, well, councillors are in like the the fourth year of their five-year term and they've got most of their community budgets like either planned out or spent by now so it made me think oh you need to go to them in the first as soon as they're elected and then they haven't got everything mapped out so as soon as they're in there if you if your crowdfunding isn't like super urgent then go in then because oh, there's good advice as well so that will be sort of this time next year we'll be heading into local authority elections and then uh, so next summer people get your projects ready <laughs> exactly that would be i think the a prime time for crowdfunding well i mean i think what's so interesting and it's been interesting to watch the the number of different crowdfunding projects that have gone on we've spoken before to angie from the room to grow project and you know what we love about that for the region is the empowerment of people in communities to say I've got a good idea and I want to make change happen which is different from saying you know it's all too easy for us all to sit back and think oh that would be a good idea someone else should do that someone should do that you know and we all have ideas like that as we walk around our local communities and so I love that model around yeah. you know let's empower ourselves but I think you know the the words of caution and and just the advice really of, of plan ahead you know, make sure you've lined up some bidders, get the support of a team working with you. Really important to make it successful. All being well, then, if your project is funded, will you be up and running in time for this year's crop? When do apple yes, trees, definitely. when when are they harvested? Late summer? Late summer, um, up through the beginning of November. So the harvest season is kind of for very early apples. It's the end of August, yeah, and then it's through the beginning of November. So we'll definitely be up and running. The crowdfunder, we've got, we've got some um, equipment. The crowdfunder will get us the rest of it. Um, it will cover all of our administrative costs. And it, but it's, the project looks weird because it looks administratively heavy, but it's because this year we're like figuring out where the trees are, we're getting the permissions to do them, and it's the permissions that is a 
takes a lot of work. So that's where a lot of that money is going. To. I think that's interesting as well, because people look at these sorts of projects and they think, well, what are the costs involved picking a yeah. few trees? But actually, you know, we, we, are, we all spend a lot of time on things, don't we? And that time um, needs to be supported. We can't effect, expect everything to be delivered by volunteers. So I think, as you say, recognizing the value of the time and effort yeah. that goes into these projects is really important especially with getting permission from from the council to pick trees on council land because that's not a simple process um, it has to go to multiple departments um, it's not quite the same as just getting in touch with with one person so yeah that's that 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 is a significant like, use of time so mm -hmm. we just don't have enough people who are interested in doing that you know on their own time so yeah, not everything can be done by volunteers. Well, I think it's a fantastic project. And as you say, once it's up and running, it will run and run, hopefully for years to do. come. Do, yeah, because all we need is to kind of map, is to get this map and sort of, yeah, of people and of trees, and then it should be pretty good to go. Yeah, you said uh, Glean Web, I think, did you? Yes, Glean Web, you can look it up, yes. And that's a sort of free tool for, for mapping all sorts of things, is it? It's really to organize, it's from the US where these projects are much more common and it's to organize gleaning projects. And that's what essentially we are. So we're going to, and it, it can be customized for different fruit picking projects. So we'll be doing that and people will be able to input their own information into it if they have trees. But, yeah, that will be online soon, hopefully. We'll Good. Well, that's a, you know, that's probably a useful tool for other people to look up and see if it fits yeah. other other community projects across our region. So thanks for that. Another sort of top yeah. tip there. Yeah. Oh, well, it's just been lovely to talk to you, Anna, and hear about the project. Thanks so much You're for... Welcome. Thanks so much for coming on and telling us all about it and sharing your insights. And to anybody listening to this episode of Build Back Better, I hope you've been inspired to go on and support that project. Just search for Sweet Pickings and uh, drop a donation. Now that you've heard about how much hard work goes in behind the scenes, I really hope you're <laughs> motivated to go and support it. Um, and I, for one, will be watching closely and looking forward to getting involved as a volunteer and bringing the kids along and uh, seeing where our apples come from from I think that's just fantastic thank you so much <laughs> oh lovely to talk to you and thanks all for tuning in and listening to today's lovely interview with Anna Williams from Sweet Pickings thanks all for listening and we'll catch up with you again next week bye for now <laughs>